the New York Knicks avoided what would have been an embarrassing loss to the San Antonio Spurs. They're second in under a week. Jalen Brunson dropped a regular season career high 38 points. But I'm going to tell you why that wasn't the biggest story to come out of tonight's Knicks game. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online now has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. And who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And the New York Knicks escaped. It was too close. It was way too close after holding a double-digit lead in the second half. And and there was just a point of of comfort is how I would describe it at least. And maybe that was irrational given what's happened in the last uh, two weeks against both the bulls and the Mavericks. But I was, I was comfortable. I I thought the Knicks were going to cruise to a victory. I thought Jalen Brunson uh, was going to hit some big shots. I thought Julius Randle would continue to dominate physically. I saw a couple of Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes threes falling down. Mostly, I didn't really see anything from the Spurs in terms of their ability to execute offensively that that put any fear into my heart. And uh, that was wrong because San Antonio came back, almost won this game. If the Spurs had had a little bit better execution down the stretch or if Jalen Brunson hadn't hit two clutch jumpers, um, they certainly could have won this game. And it, it's easy to look at it and say, all right, it's the NBA um, and the Knicks, the Knicks are not a great team. They might be a good team with everyone healthy. They might be a very good team with everyone healthy, but they're not a great team. And, and even the great teams, look at the Boston Celtics, right? Every, everyone's favorite to win the NBA championship. They lost by 35, um, a night ago, giving up 151 points, uh, without Shea Gilgis Alexander to the Oklahoma city Thunder. So you can have bad nights. And for the Knicks, even considering that they lost to the Spurs, a week ago, and and they they, they should have been hell-bent on, on decimating what is, for my money, I know they don't have the worst record, but their net rating is two points worse than anyone else. So I'll, I'll say it, for my money, the worst team in the league. You can you can make excuses, you can make exceptions, um, and, and maybe maybe normally I would focus on the positive coming out of this one, and, and, and I promise we will get to Jalen Brunson's career night in just a couple of minutes, but there are some worrisome trends uh, for the New York Knicks in end of game situations. The offense, and and if you if you follow this podcast for a while, or if you you watch the team and have uh, functional eyeballs, you know this is a trend. Um, Tibbs is not the most creative coach in in clutch situations, and that is compounded by the fact that I, I think Julius Randle, for a variety of reasons, is not as effective down the stretch as he is earlier in games. I I think he has a a little bit of a tendency to wear down 
he doesn't get the calls necessarily that he is he is very good at at baiting fouls on jumpers earlier in games and officials seem to be just a little bit less generous handing those out down the stretch of games that is a purely uh uh an observed uh phenomenon i don't really have stats to back that up but that that seems to be the trend where he's he's not drawing those those rip through like pop up fouls um in in crucial clutch moments and his meticulous style doesn't work as well when a, a defense is is fully fully locked in and and we saw it um in one of the final plays he had in the last two minutes of this game where he was um backing down two defenders oh, this is actually the one that gave the spurs a chance to tie inside the final 30 seconds right a, a bucket all but puts it away for the knicks instead um randall's backing down backing down double team has jericho sims open for a moment and earlier in games at least of late he's been making that pass and it's not it's not an easy pass it's 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 a really complicated one to throw it like kind of over your head over two defenders but he's he's been making that pass um and he for whatever he he didn't even attempt it in this situation ended up trying to fade away over two guys bricked it and that was uh kind of a microcosm of, of what the end of this game was where and and what the end of so many games are for the Knicks, where it sort of bogs down into iso ball and it's iso ball with guys that have played massive massive minutes uh julius went for 41 in this one jalen brunson went for 40 not that emmanuel quickly was asked to uh really participate in that but he played 46 minutes in this game and where you see literally one in fourteen thousand occurrences against teams like the mavericks where the knicks blow seemingly insurmountable leads and and the i mean obviously the bulls game came down to miss free throws more than anything else but I, I think you can attribute a lot of it to fatigue. And that that's that that is if I would to kind of sum up the issues with Randall. Um and even even some issues with Brunson down the stretch. So he was he was the reason the next one this one. So I can't really say that for this game. Um I would say it it is essentially that. And and then Tibbs's inability to make life easier for guys with with sets or or actions that get them the ball on the move and, and give them multiple clear cut options and it's not just physical fatigue. I think it is it is mental fatigue, um, especially for Randall because of late. I mean, he he's been he's been a monster in terms of his decision making of late. I mean, Nick's film school had this stat over his. Um, let me just find it here. Yeah, over his last six games, he has a a five to one point seven assist to turnover ratio. That's not even that's not factored down. That's five assists, a uh, one point seven turnovers per game average over his last six games over his last 19 games. He's a 4.7 to 2.1 ratio. Um, he's making great decisions, but that goes away bit by bit as the game goes on. And he gets more and more tired. And that's not really a Randall critique. I mean, that's true for essentially everyone in the NBA, except for like the elite of the elite of the elite. And, and even those guys have downturns. It's just that their baseline in terms of decision-making and, and a bill and, and gravity that makes decisions even easier is so high that uh, they have more margin for error in clutch situations. Think a Luka Doncic or a LeBron James or a Nikola Jokic. Um, the other issue uh, for the New York Knicks, uh, not not necessarily in the final three or four closing minutes of the ball game, um, but uh, just throughout this one was that Mitchell Robinson was in foul trouble and all season long, 
the Knicks have been a drastically better team when Mitchell Robinson on, is on the floor. And that is particularly true over the last 10 games. I'm going to explain why in just a sec. But first, I have to tell you about the best place in the whole wide world that you can throw some money down today and, and have some hopes of making some money back. It is betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there for pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net, and that includes the latest NBA championship odds. The New York Knicks are 150 to 1 to win the NBA championship. They are behind the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings, the Portland Trailblazers, the Atlanta Hawks, the Toronto Raptors, who, who didn't score a point for the first seven minutes tonight, uh, and, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So Bet, Bet Online does not love the Knicks, but that could be to your advantage. Throw some money down. And, and you know, when the win, Knicks win the title, you'll be laughing all the way to the bank. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. All right. We are back on Locked on Knicks. So I want to, I, 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 we got into the Julius Randle issue in clutch situations um I, you know i'm not even gonna, i'm not gonna call it the julius randall issue because it's not it's, it's the tom thibodeau issue by and large um with with a little little randall itis sprinked in there but um sprinked in there that's not a word sprinkled in there that's what i was looking for um the other big issue in this game uh mitchell robinson uh only plays 13 minutes because he had massive massive foul trouble didn't didn't even foul out Tibbs just decided to go with Jericho Sims down the stretch which I I disagree with even even the way um Mitch was playing but Mitch sort of did it to himself because it wasn't obviously I mean you can look at the Spurs roster it was not a situation where um he was going up against an elite big man you know he's, he's playing at Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic you kind of get it those are those are two of the four or five best offensive players on planet Earth, so it makes a little bit more sense. Um, going up against Jakob Pertl and Zach Collins, that should not be a significant issue for Mitch. But he he repeatedly fouled on shots that he had no business fouling on. Like his third was was on Jakob Pertl taking a jump hook about nine feet away from the basket, even though it went in. I I would say that is not not one where you should even be particularly close to him. He fouled Zach Collins uh, just by smacking him on the elbow when he already had four fouls um, on a, on a mid range jumper as the shot clock was dwindling. It, it is just, it, it, it's not something we see from Mitch all that often anymore because he has gotten just dramatically better in terms of avoiding those stupid fouls, but there are still just, just moments and, and, and iotas of games where he seems to forget what he's doing. He seems to space out for a sec and it really, really hurts the Knicks. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it is because Mitchell Robinson is third in the entire NBA in net rating on the season amongst players who play at least 20 minutes per game and have played at least 25 games. He's only behind Chetty Osman and Derek White. Um, so the Knicks are uh, 10.8 points better per 100 possessions when Mitchell Robinson is on the court than when he is off the court. Um, and that has only gone up of late over the last 10 games. Um, the Knicks are 20 points better when Mitchell Robinson is on the court. So for a team that has gone five and five, um, they're, they're 20 points better 
when he or excuse me, they not 20 points better. They they are plus 20 um, when he's on the court. Um, 124 offensive rating, so they're scoring 124 points per 100 possessions. They're only allowing 104.1 points per 100 possessions. If you're watching on YouTube, I am putting up. Oh wait, the second that, that is for later. Um, he he's been incredibly good defensively. Uh, he's been buoyed offensively by playing with better passers, uh, primarily Jalen Brunson and and just better breakdown guys and a more unselfish Julius Randle. Um, are just getting him the ball in better positions than ever. So that is helping. And, he, and he's turned himself into uh, arguably the best rebounder in all of basketball. So you you combine all that, he is a massively um, impactful player in a vacuum. But when you look at stuff um, like net rating, it's not it's not only in a vacuum, obviously. It also, you're, well, you're also taking into account uh, what is the net rating of the other options, Isaiah Hartenstein and Jericho Sims. So, so when those two... Um, are on the court together over the last 10 games. Oh, excuse me, over the last eight games. So since the Knicks eight game winning streak, when they were actually, they were a really good duo and we, and we were talking them up and, and I, uh, I regret this now, but I, I put out a tweet being like, all right, are we sure Obi Toppin's going to play if, if Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein keeps working? Uh, that, that take has not aged well because over the last eight games, that duo has a minus 23.7 net rating. Um, they have been borderline unplayable and a lot of that stretch, or at least the last, uh, five games of it now coincides with RJ Barrett being out of the lineup. And I think RJ playing with that bench unit did a lot to, uh, to buoy them to, to kind of, uh, put some wind under their sails because they were, they're in desperate, desperate, desperate need of offense when those two are on the court together. Hartenstein in particular has really, really struggled and, and teams generally ignore whichever one of those two is out on the perimeter because iHeart can't really shoot. And, and Sims once or twice per game is able to take advantage of the fact that he is ignored and, and just duck in for um, a dunk. But every other possession that that is not happening, um, you're essentially playing four on five. And if, if you don't have an offensive talent that is overqualified to go up against opposing bench units, whether that is RJ Barrett or Jalen Brunson, uh, you are in, you are in deep trouble. Um, if you are the New York Knicks, when those two are on the court together. So um, if for some reason, RJ is back before Obi, I could, I could justify playing them a little bit longer, but given that Obi Toppin was technically available tonight and RJ Barrett was still listed as out, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and, and to uh, preview a future question uh, we are going to cover in the third segment of this podcast, I, I don't see, I see one of those two, probably Jericho Sims falling out of the rotation. Um, the reason I say Jericho Sims, who had some really good moments in this game, um, two really nice blocks, four points, seven rebounds, ended up playing 22 minutes. Um, he has issues as a rim protector. This was something uh, our guy uh, Prez noted on Twitter. And then I kind of was, uh, when, when I saw him tweet that, it was after the game. And I kind of thought back, I was like, yeah, you know, I guess there were there was a stretch when he was in there where the Spurs were getting a lot of layups. And then, uh, so now now you should be on YouTube watching. I'm going to put up a little graphic. Um, or if not, I can describe it to you uh, for all you podcast listeners. Um, so it is Jericho Sims rim protection numbers versus everyone else or every other big on the Knicks. So Sims allows the highest percentage uh, on the entire team, including the guards um, on shots taken at the rim and for shots under six feet and in 
Um, opponents are shooting 65.2% for Jericho Sims while shooting 64% um, for Isaiah Hartenstein and 63.5% for Mitchell Robinson. Um, so you could say, well, Gavin, uh, that doesn't sound all that bad. Uh, it's only a percentage, not even a percentage and a half worse than Isaiah Hartenstein. I think the other number to consider here is the frequency of rim attempts when he's on the floor. So the, so the percentage of opponent shot attempts that come at the rim when, when these guys are on the floor. For Jericho Sims, it's 43%. Uh, for Isaiah Hardenstein, it's 39%. For Mitchell Robinson, it is just 36%. Um, he's not keeping, he's not deterring people from taking shots at the rim. People see Jericho Sims in there. Um, they see that he's only six foot ten. Um, and, and they say, Hey, I want to go at that guy. And this was an issue for Sims last year, right? You see him have these, these great moments of, of, of verticality where he'd want to engage, where he want to go chest to chest with you. And then other times, and maybe, and maybe the issue is just how quickly he gets up on his jumps. Um, he just, he doesn't seem to have any interest in, in contesting shots and doesn't seem to have any interest in, in being physical and, and making a play at the rim. And you, and you combine that with, with an offensive package that, um, at points during summer league, you're like, all right, maybe he can do a little bit more stuff than Mitchell Robinson. But ultimately during games, it he, he does not get a chance to really stretch out what he does offensively um, more than someone like Mitchell Robinson. So I, I my gut instinct is he is ultimately going to fall out of the rotation. Um, and I think for the Knicks uh, to to play like the team that they did over their eight game winning streak. Um, it is going to see Obi Toppin retake the backup power forward spot and RJ Barrett uh, when he's fully healthy playing with the bench unit because they, they desperately need um, a score to prop up those bench heavy units. And, and they got it a little bit tonight um, where, where they tried combos with, with uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall out there, but we didn't really get just, Brunson with the bench. We got Randall with the bench um, when when Mitch picked up his third foul very early into the second quarter. Uh, but that is part of the reason why Randall was so fatigued at the end of the game. So you, you can you can kind of see a, a conglomeration of negatives that nearly led to just just a brutal loss um, for the Knicks. Uh, wow, we're we're almost twenty minutes in and we haven't talked Jalen Brunson yet as he dropped thirty eight points. So we are going to do that in just a sec when we are back on Locked on Knicks. All right, guys, third and final segment. Uh, I delayed the inevitable long enough. 38 points, seven rebounds, six assists for Jalen Brunson. Um, the guy the guy is a basketball genius. I, it's, it's not a term I throw around lightly. I would, I would describe maybe, maybe 40 guys in the NBA – Worthy of that descriptor? Maybe less? I don't know. But he fits the category. Um, I, If anyone's ever seen the movie Whiplash, I, I just imagine it, it was that kind of lifestyle for Jalen um, under Rick Brunson growing up. Just meticulously practicing moves for hours and hours and hours and hours because it, it's not only the variety that he has in his footwork, but it is the deployment when he chooses to use it, when he goes, when he doesn't um, and, and how he can operate from every single spot on the floor. And he got the Knicks off 
to such a good start in this game of, of he, he, he opened up shooting four for four from the field, had eight points in the first three minutes and 20 seconds. The, the Spurs put uh, Jeremy Sohan on him and Brunson. He seemed, it was a cute, cute, the Michael Jordan meme. Um, I, I took that personally. It, it, it felt, it felt like that from the get go uh, from Jalen Brunson where he was, he was just torturing uh, the, the poor rookie. Um, and then, um, he had Josh Richardson on who, who is an established, uh, excellent defender in this league, uh, has about five inches on Jalen Brunson. Brunson didn't care. I mean, had one play where off the screen, he got a step on Richardson, Zach Collins met him at the rim and, and he just, he threw like a little shoulder fake as if he was going to swing it back to the perimeter. Collins bit on it, totally exited the screen. Brunson just laid it in. And, and then he got the mid range game working, hitting from the elbow, um, a couple times in a row in, in the final minute of the second quarter to turn a three-point Knicks lead into a seven-point cushion going into the second half. Then in the second half, got got the three-pointer going. Um, and, and then and then just some of the playmaking. I'm um, like a little shuffle pass to Quentin Grimes for for a layup that beat the shot clock buzzer. That was that was absolutely beautiful. Um, had had just an awesome hustle play where he poked it away from Zach Collins off of a miss to get Isaiah Hartenstein uh, two rebounds, a lob to Jericho Sims to tip it in halfway through the fourth quarter um, and in and out into a cross into a scoop Euro and a righty lay to make it 112, 111 with three or four to go. The, the two big jumpers down the stretch, we could go on and on and on. Uh, just a masterful performance uh, from Jalen Brunson. Uh, a- a- anything less and, and the Knicks uh, probably do not win uh, this ball game. Uh, no, no other way to say it than that. Uh, Randall. Um, I know we already went, kind of in depth on Randall, but I just want to emphasize that uh, despite uh, my complaints about him in the clutch, despite a very poor shooting night where he was, he was just, he's right around 34, 35% from the field, nine for 26, one for eight from three, only went six for 11 from the free throw line. He still did a lot of good stuff tonight, managed to finish with 25 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and most impressively four blocks in this ball game Um, had, uh, I would say not so arguably his defensive player of the year. Uh, maybe I would have to really rack my brain, go through the archives, but maybe my all-time favorite defensive play for him as a Nick um, with an insane chase down block on Josh Richardson that he just timed it up perfectly. But the timing really wouldn't have mattered if Julius wasn't just in the best shape of his career because he, he elevated just so quickly. And I, I know I've said it, in, in regards to his offense before, but in regards to his defense, his explosion is, is just on a, on a vastly different level than um, I've ever seen from him as a Nick. And, and at least from what I remember early in his career. Um, and then, and then had two other blocks in transition one time, like tipping um, a shot from Keldon Johnson. Um, and then he had, he had one, other one uh that was good but i am i am forgetting it so i will i will move on um and then just just i i I know i always use this phrase but the variety of offense that he brings to the table i mean i mean we saw we saw pure physicality um where he's backing guys down into into little jump hooks um hit about three or four different fadeaways going across the lane um again just just inhuman body control for someone that big um and had a put back flush in this game so just another, another outside of the shooting, another and 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 the play down the stretch. Just another big night for Jules. Um, I, I don't think the Knicks uh, win this game without the contributions of 
Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly fought through 46 minutes, 15 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Um, I still would like to see him uh, get downhill a little bit more, even though he was only one for five. I wouldn't mind him putting up more than five threes, given that he was on the court for 46 minutes. Like his aggressiveness comes and goes, but the the uh, the payoff there is that his decision-making is just fantastic. Over the last six games now, he's tallied 37 assists and six turnovers. Shout-out to um, our guy, Orange and Blue, um, on Twitter. Uh, you can go throw him a follow there uh, for pointing that out. Um, also, six steals, so just as many steals as turnovers. You could you could say he's almost he's, he's kind of canceled out any mistakes he's made um, on the other end of the floor. Um, and then Quentin Grimes in this one, 14 points, five for eight, three for five. But man, just, just so many, just high IQ plays like had recognized he had Jakob Pertle on an ISO and, and just went right by him early in this game to draw a foul. Um, had, had this great hustle play where he ran down a loose ball as he was flying out of bounds, just pegged it off of Josh Richardson, um, back to back, like really good cuts the one I already mentioned that Brunson got the assist on and then had another play uh, where Brunson was trapped cut in and then just elevated and and shuffled it to Mitchell Robinson on a little up and under, hit a clutch three with four minutes and 10 seconds left, and then uh, essentially won the game for the Knicks on, on, on the final possession for the Spurs where uh, they were trying to get off a three to tie it. Um, and Brunson and Randall doubled Trey Jones. And, and Grimes had a great cognizance of, of where the clock was because Keldon Johnson was wide, wide open. And Bruns, Brunson, uh, not Brunson, Grimes, peeled off uh, Doug McDermott and, and got a contest on Johnson that made it so he didn't even get a shot off before the buzzer. So that was a bit of brilliance from Grimes. And uh, I could shout out Evan Fournier in, in a negative way because I really did not like his defense in, in that one. But let's let's end on a positive note. Uh, the New York Knicks, a three-game winning streak. Um, I, I think it is going to make all the difference in the world. Uh, when RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin are healthy. Um, and oh yeah, that was, that was the last thing we had to do. Uh, I, I referenced it earlier, but we got a Twitter question from Bugsy Sig at Bugsy Sig. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, it is up on the screen. He said, what does Tibbs' rotation look like moving forward? Assuming everyone is healthy. Any chance Sims displaces iHeart or Rose displaces Deuce? Um, I don't think so. I think there's, there's a, there's a small chance that uh, Sims plays over Isaiah Hartenstein, but we've seen, Tibbs in the past uh, always likes to go with the veteran um, and always likes to uh, I, sometimes to a bad extent um, give him credit for not doing this with Evan Fournier any, anymore. Um, he, he takes into account uh, how much money the guy is making. Um, and so that would be a case for iHeart over Sims. Uh, so what I think the rotation will look like going forward, um, I'm expecting 36 minutes for Jalen Brunson at the point guard spot, 12 minutes for Emmanuel quickly there. Shooting guard, I think 20 minutes for Grimes, 16 minutes for Quickly, 12 minutes for Deuce. Small forward, RJ 35, Grimes 13. Power forward, Julius 35, OB 13. Center, Mitch 30, Isaiah Hartenstein 18. Obviously, that'll fluctuate based on injury, based on foul trouble. I could see a world where Deuce gets cut from the rotation entirely and RJ gets a couple more minutes. Grimes gets a couple more minutes. IQ gets a couple more minutes. Brunson gets a couple more minutes. But I, I think um, for the sake of load management, even even though that is not a thing that Tibbs is fond of, I think Deuce stays out there. And I think for maintaining the uh, defensive first attitude and and just the, the general 
tenacity. I, I think he's going to want to keep Deuce in the rotation, playing some minutes, um, applying that kind of pressure, particularly in specific matchups. So I think it looks something like that for the New York Knicks. But anyways, that is it for this one. Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we're, we're hoping we're not hundred percent sure. We're hoping we'll be back with a special guest tomorrow. If not, uh, we will have an episode breaking down the next schedule. And then uh, Alex will be taking you guys uh, through the Toronto Raptors game on Friday night for Saturday morning. So until then, uh, be good. Talk to you all soon. I'm going to be